0: My name is Daniel Galarza, and I'm a licensed clinician. Today, I want to talk about how to do a better job when we argue. We have to face the reality that when you're in a relationship, you're going to argue. Once in a while, I do run into couples who don't argue very much, and it could be for a couple of reasons. Sometimes I feel that people who don't argue are simply avoiding conversations. People can go years without having meaningful conversations. But on the other hand, I do believe that there are some couples that don't argue very much, simply because they really are on the same page. It's rare for me to see couples like this who are so in sync that they don't need to argue, or at least don't argue very much. But for the overwhelming majority of us, we're going to argue in our relationships. Arguments are not necessarily a bad thing. An argument is tension that has built up in the relationship, and what that tension is telling you is that something in that relationship needs to happen. Maybe something needs to change, or something simply needs to be addressed. However, if we don't know how to have these arguments, we can potentially cause a lot of damage in the relationship. When we learn how to have better arguments or better discussions, we're going to reduce the intensity of the arguments, we're going to cause less damage, and we're likely going to have less arguments, because ultimately a lot of the issues that were discussed are going to get resolved. Just keep in mind that not everything in a relationship gets resolved. Most things should get resolved. In this podcast, you'll notice that anytime time I talk about relationships, I will be talking about your accountability to yourself in the relationship. Same thing with this topic. Your obligation to yourself is this. First, take inventory of yourself. Make sure that before you bring up an issue with your partner, that it's not you that's the issue. Sometimes we deflect to our partner things that have to do with us. Let's say you're unhappy with your siblings or you're having a tough time at work or you're carrying a lot of negativity because you've been exhausted or stressed out. We can project that energy onto our partners and make them the target as to why we're feeling negative. So when we take inventory, we're taking responsibility for what we're bringing to the table. Our next obligation to ourselves is that we make sure that we're not unfairly labeling our partner. There are gonna be times where an argument comes out of an unfair label that we put on our partner. I'll remind you that when you unfairly label your partner, we will filter what they say or what they do through that label. So now let's go over some things that we should be doing and should not be doing when we argue with our partners. The first one is this. The basic rule at all times is going to be listen to understand and not to respond. It tends to be our failure to know how to listen to other people that is going to make the problem bigger than it needs to be. I've noticed that too many people are not good at listening. Let the other person speak. Let them finish what they have to say. And make your best effort to understand what they're saying. And also, if you're the one that's going to bring up an issue, know what you want out of the conversation. Sometimes people just want to be heard. It's difficult when somebody wants to be heard, and the other person is giving explanations as to why things happen or what they were thinking, and all you really wanted was for the other person to hear you. Or maybe you want to be validated. Sometimes we just want to be validated for an experience or an emotion that we had in the relationship. Or if you are requesting change in the relationship, make sure that the other person knows that this is a conversation to request something to change. At times, I have found myself giving explanations as to what I was thinking or why I did the things I did when at the time my wife just needed to be heard. So know what you want out of a conversation so you can let the other person know. So now let's go over some things that we should avoid doing in an argument. These are the don'ts. But keep this in mind. Focus on you. So as I go through this list, ask yourself, is this something I do? And if it is, hold yourself accountable to that. No low blows. I don't see this very often in relationships, but sometimes in the heat of an argument, we're going to say something to our partner that we know is really going to hurt them. Not only is that unfair to them, it's hurtful to that person and to the relationship. Next I would say is, know the difference between a timeout and avoidance. A timeout is when the emotions are running so high that you need to take a break. Request a timeout. Let your partner know that you need to take a break because in the moment you're so overwhelmed and frustrated with the conversation that you need to pull away for a little bit. But when you pull away, it means you're going to come back. You just need time to cool down. The difference between taking a timeout and avoiding is that avoiding means that you simply want to stop the conversation and not come back to it. To avoid means that you see no point to the conversation or you're hopeless about it. You simply don't think it's going to get resolved. So why even have the conversation? Remember what I said earlier. Not every discussion is going to get resolved. Or at the very least, not every discussion is going to get resolved in the moment. But an agreement to come back to a conversation is an acknowledgement that you want to make an honest effort to find some sort of resolution to whatever the topic might be in the moment. Then I would say don't hold grudges. If you think you're one of those people who can hold on to a grudge for a very long time, Understand that it keeps the relationship from progressing. Learn to let go. To let go doesn't necessarily mean that you forgive. It means that I let it go. It's something that happened. It hurt me at the time. I'm just not going to carry it for the rest of my life. Now, to be fair, there are certain things that we should be able to let go and other things that we cannot let go. For many people, if your partner cheated on you, you're not going to be able to let that go. Some people can't but I would say that the majority of people cannot let something like that go. Otherwise, let's say you felt your partner should have backed you up in a situation and they didn't. Now, in that moment, it's fair to be frustrated or angry about the situation, but it wouldn't be reasonable to carry that for a very long time. Next, I would say that you eliminate any disrespectful language or name-calling. And I do tend to be very shocked as to how disrespectful couples can be to each other when they're angry or upset with each other. If you find yourself saying a lot of bad words, being mean, rude, or disrespectful during an argument to your partner, I would say that you hold yourself into account and stop doing that. Just because we're angry, it doesn't give us the right to disrespect our partner. To me, it's an excuse. Just because I'm angry with my wife or frustrated with my wife does not give me permission to be mean, rude, or disrespectful to her. I've noticed this excuse when people get drunk sometimes and they tell their partner, well, the reason I did what I did is because I was drunk. I don't give that person a pass either. We're adults. We're accountable to ourselves. So whether it's alcohol or your emotions are running high, we're responsible for making sure that we're treating our partners with the respect and dignity that they should be treated with. And in turn, we ask that they treat us the same way, no matter what. So if you and your partner curse at each other when you argue, I strongly recommend that you stop doing that. The next two for me kind of go hand in hand. The first one is keep your voice down. Sometimes we don't notice how loud we get when we get frustrated. I'm guilty of that. So one of the things I've had to do is I've had to work really hard at noticing how loud I'm getting. And even when I think I'm not being loud, that doesn't mean I'm not being loud. When you keep your voice at a reasonable level, it allows the conversation to progress more effectively. Or at the very least, it keeps the conversation from escalating more than it should. And the next point would be avoid exaggerations. In the course of an argument, Sometimes people tend to exaggerate their points. You never do this. You've never done this for me. You're always doing this. You don't love me. You've never loved me. If you're going to make a comment, make sure that you mean it. When we exaggerate, it makes it very difficult to understand where the truth lies. Sometimes we exaggerate for a fact. And sometimes we exaggerate because in that moment, that's how intense we're feeling. But exaggerations are not fair to the situation. And in many cases, they're not fair to your partner. So be careful with that. The next one is no unfair threats. An unfair threat is threatening your partner with something that you have little or no intention of doing. An unfair threat is something like, I'm leaving. I can't take this anymore. When the reality is, is that you have no intention of leaving. It might be that in the moment you're so tired or overwhelmed that you do feel like you want to go, but you really have no intention of leaving the relationship. If you constantly find yourself threatening to leave the relationship, understand that that's a power move. A power move is a move that we make to force the other person to act in a way that we want them to act. If you don't change this behavior, I will tell your entire family. I will tell your boss about you or about things you've done in the past. If you don't intend to do something, don't throw it out there. The next one would be don't mind read. To mind read is assuming that you already know what the other person is thinking or what they're going to say. The problem with mind reading is that you're not giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. Or at the very least, you're not allowing them to have their own unique response. You might feel that you already know what's going to happen or what they're going to say, so why even bother? For what it's worth, you might be right, but it's not a good habit to have in a relationship. So I will strongly recommend that people check in with themselves and make sure that you're not doing too much mind reading, because it will get in the way. The next one is that you address the problem in the moment. This doesn't necessarily mean that we have to address every little thing that's inconvenient to us. But if there is something that is important to us, address it. Say something in the moment. This tends to be more of a problem for avoiders. An avoider will avoid a problem for so long until it builds so big that it comes out in a big moment, in a big argument. And then they repeat that pattern. Once it comes out, they go back to holding things inside. Get into the habit of saying something. Sometimes people don't say something because they're afraid of an argument. Not everything has to be an argument. So learn how to express yourself without making it an issue. Next, discuss one problem at a time. When you have an argument, it's not permission to bring up all the baggage from all the things that have happened in the relationship. Now, sometimes it is relevant to bring up stuff from the past, but not always. Sometimes we bring up stuff from the past as tools, as weapons, Because at some point, the argument can become a competition. So for example, if I was frustrated with my wife with something she did in the moment, and she threw back at me something that I might have done a couple of weeks ago, and then I throw back at her something she might have done in the past, we can go back and forth. And at that point, it's just a competition. It's a competition to compare, well, who's worse? Or at least to prove to the other person, you're not perfect, so why are you bringing this stuff up to me? When you bring up one thing at a time, You should be able to address the issue that's in that moment. It's also a sign of maturity. Mature people should be able to handle one topic at a time. And I'll wrap it up with this one. Get to the point. It is such a valuable tool. And yes, I'm guilty of not getting to the point. I truly believe I've gotten a lot better. To get to the point means that you have to know what your point is in the first place. What's the message that I want the other person to know? So whenever possible, think about what your point is. If you're gonna go into an argument with your partner, telling them about all the emotions you're feeling inside and not knowing what exactly the point is, it makes it harder for your partner to know what it is that you need or you want. So if you're guilty of dominating a conversation or you've been told that you dominate a conversation, the best thing I can tell you is use less words. In this case, less is more. At the end of it all, If you want to have a healthy relationship, and you want to reduce the amount of arguments or reduce the intensity of the arguments, it's about being responsible for you. If you messed up, you messed up. Own it. If your partner has a point, then they have a point. Listen to it. If it's a more complicated conversation, and it's not something that can be resolved in one conversation, then be okay with that. You will continue to come back to that conversation but maintain the rules of being respectful to your partner and knowing who your partner is. And now for my male perspective as a therapist. There are two things that I'd like to bring up for the men out there who are listening. The first one is to be very careful with our judgment about women. Specifically, the stereotype about women being too emotional. I've heard it way too many times. I've heard it in session with my clients. You know how women are. They get emotional. It's not like us men. We don't get that emotional. I don't fully agree with that statement. When we label women as emotional or too emotional, we go back to the problem of filtering what they're saying or what they're doing through that label of them being too emotional, and in turn, we're not being fair to them. We as human beings are emotional. Some people are more in tune with their emotions than others, and that's the truth. And it might be that women are more in tune with their emotions than men are, for many reasons, but it doesn't necessarily mean that their emotions are getting in the way of their point. The second thing I want to bring up to men, which is kind of unusual, but I've noticed it on several occasions, is that for some reason, men have a tendency to compare the way they communicate with their partners with the type of communication that they have at work. So on several occasions, I've heard men say things like, here's how I communicate at work with my coworkers or my bosses or my clients, and I bring those tools to my marriage. And the justification tends to be, If you as a man feel that you're successful with your communication skills at work, that those same skills should apply in your relationship. I would agree that there are certain things in communication that would apply to both. But your relationship with the people at work is completely different than your relationship with your partner at home. Your partner is a life partner. This is someone you're sharing your life with. You're an equal with them. Things at work are transactional. Things need to get done, and you find ways to get them done. And there are basic rules as to how to communicate with people at work. What I would say is don't disrespect your partner in the same way that you would never disrespect a client or a co worker. But I completely disagree with the concept of applying the same rules that you use at work at home. Learn how to have a relationship with your partner and learn what works with your partner and separate the notion that communication skills that you learned at work will apply with your partner. What I noticed is that for some of these men that go home and apply these rules and they don't work, that they blame their partner. Something must be wrong with my partner because, after all, these rules work at my job. So why don't they work here? And the answer is simple. Because we're talking about two completely different types of relationships. So keep that in mind if you feel that you're one of those men who might be applying some of those rules at home. I hope this episode was helpful. There's always a lot more to say about arguments and communication. And that's why I'll be putting out more episodes, so we can continue to dig further as to how complex our relationships can get. But for now, thank you for listening. And if you have any questions or thoughts, find me at The Male Therapist Perspective on Instagram. Otherwise, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you later.